Hello and welcome to the 11th Hour, a weekly podcast about Rancid. I'm Brad Rose from Foxy Digitalis. And I'm Sam Mellencon from Tobacco Records. And each week, we pick a Rancid song, we talk about it, and all our complicated feelings surrounding it. Um, Alright, this week was my pick, and I went with Coppers, the closing track on Life Won't Wait. <laughs> Yeah, around to the dark, is up on a track, I'm marching back. All punk rock muscles move inside, all trick muscles move inside. I am from all to Brooklyn, Tona, Coyote Studios. Where I got bullets? London, I'm gonna find them. New York, LA, back to Kingston. All I see is youth fighting. All I see is youth fighting. London, you're gonna find them. All right, yeah, so Copper's last song on Life Won't Wait, which came out in 98. Um, songwriting credits, Lars, Tim, and Dr. Israel. Guest musicians this go-around, Dr. Israel most notably, but also Stephen Perkins from Jane's Addiction plays the uh, steel drum on it. I didn't realize that that's who that was. Yeah, I didn't. I actually didn't either until this week. And I was like, oh, well, that makes, you know, it makes yeah, sense. I'm, I'm into that. Um, yeah, so this is um, quite the song. Is like I mean this feel this in some ways this feels like one of the most improbable rancid songs ever. I I, I was that's a great way to say it because I was I was listening to it and I was like I love this song and I it's like an important song to me mm-hmm. but like stepping outside of myself for a moment and just thinking about this song like this song should be hate like probably pretty hated right like it's like. <clears throat> I wonder what the cons- if, like kind of consensus on it is, honestly, because I agree, I totally agree. Um, it's, it's just cheese ball to the max. It's got steel drums. It's like it's like literally like flick your bick sort of like lighter, you know, like like yeah, like ballad, I mean, anthem ballad thing, you know. Like right, and it's I was noticing too, like as I was listening to it, like. The mo- you know, the the most sort of rancid part of well, there's a couple of things, but like there's you know, the sort of rhythm guitar is very is obviously it's like Tim's distorted kind of but you can barely hear it through the entire song. Like it mm-hmm. might as well not even be there. And that and then like the Tim kind of verse, I feel like are the most are very uh well, I don't even it's it just doesn't I can't believe it exists. I can't believe that they A, I'm I'm super impressed that they're able to pull something like this off, um, and they and they really do pull it off. And B, I, I give them a lot of credit for. I, this is one of those songs where I can see you 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 record it, you do the song, and then when it comes time to put the record together, you chicken out and you yeah, don't yeah. put it on there. You know, like and not only do they put it on there, they make it the last song, so it kind of heightens its sort of impact. Right. Yeah, and it's very last song vibes. Like it's got, you know, we talk about how there's like these elements of almost like musical theater and mm-hmm. like drama are underlying a lot of Tim stuff, and it's like this feels like it's that again, where it's like this is the big closing number, and it's like the sing along, you know, feel good hit, you know. Um, yeah, you know, one of the things I was thinking about with the last, like the the rancid last song thing is like on a lot. Uh, I, I can't even remember what the last song on Indestructible is now. I was meant to look it up before we started recording. Um, but it, I, like it often has this feeling of, if we never make another record and this is the last song we ever yeah. do, this is, we're here we go. You know, because if like I think of like on Let's Go, I feel like Seven Years Down, has, like it's yeah. sort of the most anthemic feeling. And then um, Outcome the Wolves is what uh, the way I feel. No, yeah. it's yeah. So right? like that's perfect. Close. Yeah. Is it the way I feel? Yeah, you said. It. I said yeah, but then I, I was like, I used no, to think it was avenues. I used to in my head it was avenues and alleyways. No, it's the way I feel. Okay. And really, in a lot of ways, those two like combine. Just like on this album, where the last two tracks kind of yes are inseparable true. to me. You know. Um, and then I mean, 
uh, GGF Golden Gate Fields I mean, is geez, total that, like that like if like, that was the last song they ever did like, like they were like bowing yeah. at the end you know what I mean right. like and then and they kind of, and and we talked about this last week they they nailed they kind of nailed they nailed it on um, Troublemaker and then they fucked it up because of this deluxe version extra track bullshit like this is not and the, the, one, end. the they like, like double fucked it up because they put two good endings and right. it's like we can't decide which one's our ending track you know like, and God I kind of in the history of things, God, how amazing it would have been if their last track was this like on the album is "This Is Not the End," and then yeah. they never made another record again. <laughs> <laughs> I would love it. Um, okay, I gotta look up what is "Indestructibles" and and it's uh, granted, on the other side, which I can barely remember what it is. Is that the? Uh, I'm gonna literally. Is that the na 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 na? No, that's na 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 na. Um, that's um, that's oh I mean, no, it is. Yeah, is I, that it? Yeah, two seconds of it in my ear, in my headphones. Yep. So that again, like for all yeah, it's indestructible stuff, that's kinda, like a really yeah. man. Um, but again, I think that's like that's like how you would write a musical. You know what I mean? Like yeah, that's how you no, write that that's... campfire sing along. That's how you write. You know, like oh my god, campfire sing. Holy shit, that's like that's all Tim wants. That's that is. I love it. Oh man, that's like yeah. Like and you see all these videos of him playing acoustic, like the. Tim Armstrong in a tree. Yep. That's it. But it's like that's yeah. his. He just, that's really what he wants. You he know wants what I mean? a, like, a campfire sing along with all his crew, like, and to yeah. feel warm and fuzzy with his people. Like, and, and there's there's a lot of. I mean, I love that as much as anybody. There's yeah. also like again the that's also what cults do. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's a fine line. Between it is. It really is. This is the problem. You know. So. Oh man. But yeah, like Coppers is that. But like Technicolor, right? Like it's right. It's, uh, yes. Like Copper to me is everybody. Do you know that feeling of like when everybody puts their arms on each other's shoulders and like sways? Yeah. <laughs> you know what oh I'm talking God. about? Like that's what Copper sounds like to me. It's like 100. percent And then, but then the funny thing is, is it's like this is barely a Tim song. Yeah. Like the so I'm going to talk about Lars for a minute because mm-hmm. for me this is one of Lars' best vocal performances. Yeah. Ever like especially the the easy part you know easy yeah that, oh that gets in my head that He's just like, and, and it's really just yeah. his vocal out there with hardly any accompaniment. And um, it's, it was it's, funny because I think I think about his AMA a lot, where he was saying like, "Why do you why do you keep working with Brett?" Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Nobody can get a vocal performance on me like Brett." And I'm like, "Yeah, but all your best vocal performances were on Life Won't Wait. So what are you talking about? You know, like, yeah. not all your best, but you know what I mean. Like, right? Yeah, I, yeah. Well, that's probably true. Like, I, I mean, more and more, we're like, Life Won't Wait's a tim and lars album like it's a there's a i would actually lars. i would say it's like a lars and tim out like the more yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the more it feels like it feels m- almost more lars than tim like i mean it's very it's like lars songs provide the backbone to this album and then all the yeah. tim like trying stuff is like and being very modeling and everything is kind of like the what weaves around it but like the fact that it, you turn over the record and it says produced by tim and lars like literally yeah. that's how it's written not their last names and everything is like this feels like those two guys pushing each other, trying things on this kind of world. You know, we've talked about it every time we talk about mm-hmm. Life and Wait on this kind of world tour of a record. And this is a great example of that. Like, Well, like, this is like the culmination. Like you said, it's yeah, just the closing yeah. number. I mean, it's all of it comes together. On yeah. And they, they, they hit all the like New York, LA back to Kingston. I mean, that's, right. <laughs> that's you know... Uh, they're where they were. I mean, they went to New Orleans too, but you know what I mean? Like, right. This was where they did this record that was kind of like jumping all over America and, and, and Jamaica. And, um, the, yeah, it just like, seems like this, like, I know that like, we're like hitting this a lot, but it is very weird how much of it. It's just like this, like, yeah. Musical number. <laughs> it is, yeah. Like if this was in a, this yeah, it's this is like the whole cast comes out. Yes, one hundred percent. And um, uh, it's 
Yeah, and it's got and the energy of it, especially when you add that, like the Stephen Perkins on steel drums thing. It adds like this extra level of sort of brightness or Technicolor. That was really yeah, good. yeah, yeah. Um, and then, you're right uh, to not not kill your point. Lars is this is one of those songs where you're like, damn, when Lars goes, he can he, he can really hang. Yeah, I mean, and it's um, and you know what really surprised me too. I don't know if you had it like. There's one live version out there on YouTube. I was just like assuming there was never a live version. I was too. And then I actually, I just found this literally this morning and it's, it's in New York from 98. And so Dr. Israel is there. Oh, okay. That's why. That is. And, but like they nail it. Like it's really, cause yeah, I blew me so away. It must've been like coming out of like, like, you know, within months of doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let me see. It said, let me see what the date is on it. Uh, Let's see, because I think it said, uh, it just says, yeah, it just says New York 98. Um, so there's no, I wonder if it's like a release showy thing or yeah, who knows? I mean, it's, but so when I saw that at first I was like, oh God, this, I feel like this has a chance to be a real, cause they never, they they yeah, yeah, they don't do a lot of, I mean, they don't do a lot of many life won't wait songs period but this one i think but any of like like a big arrangement songs right. or anything like that they don't but, try and it, you know and it doesn't have the steel drums obviously but it has but yeah like dr israel's there and lars nails it i mean not lars usually typically like this is my sometimes you know like you know on these pushing a harder songs i yeah you know i could see that being hard yeah the also like i should watch it but like I think the other thing that I think of with this song is the cleaner guitar, you know, mm-hmm. the way the way that starting guitar kind of does a really interesting, like, the way it's strummed and mm-hmm. um, picked out. Yeah, there's like this almost, um, I don't know, yeah, I know what you mean, I don't know what the word is. Yeah, I'm not, staccato, I'm not a guitar player, so like, right, yeah. but like, it's got this, like, that, that sort of, you know, a very clean resonant guitar mm-hmm. with that really beautiful very like major you know like excited like we're you know we're staring into the sun on this song you know like, right that's a that's a thing i like you know like there's where the good times are ahead you know and like it's like shit you know this whole album's theme feels kind of about like things can be really hard but things can be really great which is like you know like there's kind of beauty and in, in risk and all these things you know and it seems like that's probably where they were at, you know, like their post and out from the wolves, post right. those tours. And they're like, this was really hard, but man, we're on the top of the world. Yeah. Right now, you like, know? We're flying fucking high right now. Yeah. And it just feels like this is sort of the, the peak of that. And then this is the, you know, you're left with this song, which is very much the, the, you know, peak of that whole thing, you know, like, um, uh, I don't know. It's just, like, do, I guess this is a good thing to get into is um, all my feelings about what this song is about, I think, come from the vibe. Like, do the lyrics, like, have you poked around in the lyrics mix to, like, feel like you know exactly where the kind of feels um, just like. If It feels like, honestly, lyrically, it feels very much sort of just in there. Um, I don't know if it, I, like, uh, you know the what am i it, like <laughs> honor is all we know sort of <laughs> i mean kind of, but it's like you know like we're going to i mean i'm thinking of tim's version tim's verse is um is very tim um like think oh it's bad but we're like overcome we're going to like oh we overcome um I, and like, yeah, those who fall, those who try, let them go. Oh, victimize, and, and yeah, take and then, the power. And I mean, there's a lot of good little couplets in this song. It feels like, you know what I mean? Like the whole like integrity and humility. I've come to find a whole lot more. And yeah, but like I, there isn't like a theme, right? You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean it just it's. Um, I mean, some of it is yeah, because it's like I'm, I'm just like reading through it. It's like yeah, like there's some of this stuff of very much like we're um like fighting back we're, we're trying to be good we're trying to like song yeah like, but then it's like this and then the, the the i mean main lyric that's repeated over and over is all i see is youth fighting 
Yeah. And so it's like, I guess, is to me, I guess maybe it's like the sort of dichotomy they're talking about, or maybe the I mean, like, I, there's uh, also reaction. a lot of just like put down your guns, guys. Like there's bigger rights right. to be fought, and like there's a little bit of this. Maybe does, that's really it, actually. I think. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's that, that makes sense. Like, I feel like this is a little bit of what we want from Lars, where he's saying, "Listen, guys, like I've been through a little bit more. I, I'm a little feel yeah. a little bit more worldly. You don't need to be fucking." guns blazing all the time and there's bigger fish to fry and like you know you know yeah well i mean if thinking taking that theme i mean then and you know putting some of these lyrics into that context makes a lot more sense too i think like Mm um this you know looking at um like tim's verse that kind of adds a slightly different twist to it i think um and it yeah i i like that i like that read of it of like chill like there's bigger you know stop fighting yeah. each other like yeah well and you know and if you put it into um like political context and stuff and i mean obviously today but even back then it's the whole idea of you know the the party the people who are in charge in either party it's like they keep us fighting against each other so they can take everything you know i mean it's like um which is a very you know common idea but it's like keep the keep up if you keep the youth fighting against each other like they're they don't have a chance to realize like no the real fucking enemy is the you know guy at the top of the influence in politics right yeah yeah. Um, and and, you know like you know the whole thing of like you know people in power sure love it when young white men are being turned into racists you know what i mean because it's just like that's a great distraction you know instead of Instead of like fighting the shit that you know, being mobilized in that, mobilizing young white anger into that shit instead of into, you know, occupy Absolutely. Wall Street, like is, yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, what they want. You know? it's, it's one of the things that I, I've had. You know, I mean, we've all had these conversations, but you think about it. I think about it all the time. Where it's like, if the if people ever if the if the proletariat to get into it ever fucking wake up like. uh we outnumber them 10,000 yeah. to one. They're fucking, I mean, you know, go read about the French Revolution. It's the I same mean, I, was, I, I just see it about like that. There's some famous quote about like, remember the point of like, you know, labor movements where, you know, like the French still kind of have these things of like, you know, hey, boss, <laughs> you're going to give us a few more hours a week and we will make sure that you, your head stays on your body. You know what right. I mean? Like, like, a, like right. that's the tone of, of being an, a manager, you know, a, you know, a white collar manager in, in a lot of French history and French recent right. history, even, you know what I mean? Like, and a lot of European v- views on labor are much more like uh, crystal clear eyed about like <laughs> who has the power, you know what I mean? Right. And I'm not exactly like into actually guillotining most of these folks but i think the threat of like un- unrest is like a lot more powerful than people think it is you know right I mean? absolutely i mean and that yeah and and so i you know i i i can read a bit of that into this um and and that and that goes along with a lot of what you know i mean that's not an uncommon thing the, one, the one nice thing about <clears throat> that i've been really happy is pretty consistently both bands that two bands that i'm always worried are going to take the wrong turn right like i getting it back to granted i was like 100 percent ready for one of them to be kind of a like yes pseudo proud boy you know what i mean right yes. like uh you know some they had lost their mind and they were angry and they their yes sort of anti-pc thing made them mad so then they you know all this dumb shit that happens right now yeah um they didn't and what's cool is i'm still so impressed that dropkick murphys are as politically yeah great as they are and right. like that recent dropkick murphy's thing about like you're just getting scammed by a bunch of people who want to take your money like they're not even taking the political side they're just like right idiots like this is just money making for bannon and, and trump you know what i mean this that's mm-hmm. all they want like they just want you to pay them dollars so they can have nice lives and like um but like they've been so working class pro-union Pro, you know, like the yeah. worker in like since day one, Dropkick Murphys and, and Rancid and like they really get like why that's important. And that, yes, you can be kind of more like I'm not asking everybody to be like hyper leftist or totally woke to everything. But like at least understand yep. the baseline value of 
unions and and workers' rights and all these things, and like the fact that they're friends with Billy Bragg, you know, I think really like has mm-hmm. cemented some of that stuff. And like, well, and I, even and you know, with Ted, I mean, I, I I don't I know a lot less about Lars pre rancid, but like, I mean, Op Ivy had that same. Oh yeah, you know, yeah, even was, and which obviously, like, I think you know, Jesse wrote a lot of those lyrics and stuff, but um, yeah. I like I was totally in the same boat. I was kind of afraid to come back to this in any sort of meaningful way yeah. um, because of that. And it's but it's like at every t- and we've kind of talked about this, like, like, especially because like Lars is the most out there doing yeah. interviews. And and there will be times where it's like, oh, God, where is he going with this? And then it's like, oh, no. Yeah, that's totally like he, he mostly stays in the lines of like, you know, you don't expect him to be the most thoughtful person on some of these things and he still has these knee-jerk like oh that's a bunch of hippie shit and like, like right uh, it's all the same continuum man chill out like you know like again the idea Rancid weren't this stuff. fucking emo band like Fugazi. yeah all that stuff <laughs> give me a break listen go listen to Operation Ivy for the love of god um uh, Tim's all, just, Tim writes a lot more emo songs than Ian McKay ever did yeah exactly Ian McKay is pretty you know you know intellectually thoughtful and right. not very emotional actually um <laughs> I mean, he basically doesn't know how to say "rights of spring" in that sentence. You know what I mean? You know, like he's like Fugazi. I think is the yeah, element, you know, right? Um, uh, but but anyway. like, yes. Uh, to get back to the song, I do think that is one of the nicest things about uh, ranted and like some of these things that could be really problematic. Right? They, well, they it, all seem to be coming down on the right side of this shit. You know? Yeah, I mean, and it's. And I think about it too, and I'm like, man, it's really unfair of me, in a way, to be so worried about that, or cause, because I mean, I get it, and all, and like whatever. But that this is who they've always like showed that they were, right? You know what I mean? Like this is not, and so it's true. But we we do have a history of like, I know people go crazy, have gone crazy with online and with COVID. That's and, absolutely that. true. Yeah, I mean, and yeah. Trump, you know, like there's just Evan been, like, Parker this weird Jesus activation that has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. And uh, there's just been a lot of yes. moments for people who have an inclination to go in the wrong direction. And it's like, and I will say some of these things are just blatantly the wrong direction for sure. You know what yeah. I mean? And, um, and it's just like, I could see a lot of their friends. You know, I wonder how oh, many of their true. friends they're like, they're either had to deal with getting rid of or had to like put up with you know because they're very loyal right like this is the problem with this one that type of mindset is like do you end up like having people in your group that you're because you have this hyper loyalty that you are you know these like right skin skinhead friends and like maybe half of them are kind of suspect and it's like well what do you but they're my my bros from way back you know and it's like this is all that toxic stuff we talk about but like true so it worries me a little bit, but I again, again and again, they have enough in them, and they are enough thoughtful, feeling, caring human beings. Where that, like, you know, I first time I saw Rancid, um, oh, what's Pansy Division open for? You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like, right? Like they've always, I think, the places they've been, the places they've come from, you know, they really got that stuff ingrained in them that like bigotry is just out like i that's always so mind-blowing to me like i feel like there's a couple things that people of our age think about a lot which is like you don't do drugs harder than than you know psychedelics Mm -hmm. and you (laughs) you know because you watched everybody who did that you know go nuts and then you uh baseline things around bigotry and isms you know are of course crossing lines and that you have to be very thoughtful about it you know what i mean like Mm -hmm there's just some baseline stuff about like what is acceptable in the scene. And now it's like, these like, like we've, we just kind of assume that like the Gen Xers and the older millennials, like just assume that I feel like into the future. And then it's like, Oh no, there wasn't constant referendum on these issues anymore because we kind of assumed like they were, you know, out there the way they were in like 87 to 95, you know what I mean? Where it was like nonstop talking about these things, you know? And I think that was one of the problems is that people stopped reiterating, like, here's some baseline shit about yeah. like, the rules of engagement. <laughs> right. Well, and I think it's um, a lot of people in, of, like, yeah, our age group, you know, it's like, okay, we, you know, I, I, I mean. This I'm is the sure. problem of, like, the sort of, like, paying at lift service 
was assumed to have solved it instead exactly. of diving in. I think the way we dive into these topics now in the last 10, 15 years is 10 times better and more nuanced than it used to be. Yeah. But that's because it was like, we had to be like, wait a minute. None of that, me- like, just because we all made it be like kind of assumed doesn't mean anybody actually thought about like, well, how do you, how do you attack, you know, the fact that everybody's basically racist, whether or not they want to be in, right. you know, what do, what do you do with like your inherent bias and how do you, you know, bring intersexualism into things? It's like, yeah, I'm glad that we're having this way more nuanced thing, but I think there's this bad dip in the middle. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, well, and everybody th- just thought it was solved instead of like actually and, addressing it. And in some ways it, I feel like it, you know, we, we, it was addressed in a somewhat superficial way and kind of pushed things out, you know, to these margins to where, when it came roaring back in that dip, it was there, you know, like they had all this, th- these groups had had all this time to really, yeah, 100%. Like, it was like sharpen it was like their fomenting under the, yeah, and so and they, they, they were ready, that, like, and, well, and they we realized weren't. the old way of doing things was like, well, you know, like there's these handbooks you can read where they're like, look, we're not gonna come out with our hoods on, we're gonna right. come out and say things about white replacement and all this like horrific stuff you know like that it's all these dog whistly like modern alt-righty ways of saying things you know what i mean and talk a lot about masculinity and grind and all these things that like young men would want to talk about and it's like you know but it's this like unsubtle undertext and not so subtle really of like being owed something and all that sort of entitlement and everything is an easy path directly towards the worst stuff and and yeah, because it was so black and white shut down, like you just don't talk about these things because they're they're completely third rail, you know, right. sexism, racism, all types of bigotry are just verboten, you know. And it's almost like we didn't take the conversation far enough. So now it's just like now yeah. we're in these like <laughs> these nuanced conversations, which are great, but nuanced conversations could be high. I mean, that's one of the big things people talk about is like you don't want to be nuanced with fascists because they use your nuance against you right right you need to draw a line with fascism because it it's really good at dragging that line further and further and the next thing you know like oh shit we're yeah exactly and then um, we're we're right in it and so right uh it's just you know i don't know how we got so far but i mean (laughs) the promise it's so funny that i had that fear i i really was worried we were going to get some recent interviews from lars where he's like you know he's been you know shitting on Democrats, but like I should I should on Democrat. Democrats than right. on Republicans because I I think they should be doing stuff versus right. Republicans I know are scum. You know, well, right? well like it's like, I mean it's the uh, yeah I mean I I don't know if um, you saw this you know so the Italian election happened this week and oh the God, fascist yeah. but I, there's the video going around of the speech the speech by the new prime minister and like it's like. Th- this is so this is what i'm talking about they've been on the margins like honing their message i get why people see that and are like fuck it because it's again it's this idea you know taking these nuances or twisting them in ways that sound like reasonable but it's the um what they actually mean is not (laughs) it's not anything like but it's but it's so it's one of the and and so like that those grew like the fascists are really fucking good at that and or in america the republicans are really good at like bumbling you know thoughtful people want to have like nuanced complex conversations which create zero you know coherent anything and we're all holding each other to higher standards well and our and and in the past uh decade or longer like the mass media has showed they are completely incapable of like covering it in a way that like shows that like isn't no, one both sideism right or black and, and so and, and yeah, so exactly. it's like this whole but god like watching that speech from i can't remember what her name is uh, but yeah, the, so. it was it's it's fucking scary because it was like oh yeah this is ha- like i i mean uh, my wife and I were talking about it. It's like, I mean, there's things in there. He said, it's like, yeah, that sounds like something I would agree with, but fuck. No, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, like, well, this is the problem of populism, right? Populism right. a lot of times is right next to fascism, <laughs> right? But populism is also right next to all the things we want. So it's like, it's such a wedge towards yeah, almost anything, right? Like, and the fascists are great at wielding it too. Oh, like. They're so much better. 
And it's just the truth of like when you hold people to a higher standard and where you want nuanced conversations, you'll look like the bumbling, nuanced, falling apart team that we all don't agree. The truth is Biden should be center right. Like if we were in the rest of the world, Biden would be the center right opposition party and there'd be a leftist party, right? Right. Like, and there'd be sort of like we would have a parliamentary system and there'd be some sort of like Republican fiscal conservatives like hanging out with Biden and kind of infighting, but having to create coalitions, right? Like, yeah, that's where the world should be. But because we've created this narrative of equal weight, I mean, the amount of human beings that voted for Trump compared to the amount of human beings in the country is wild. Like, it's like 7%, you know what I mean? Or something like, like this whole like equal split thing, or like every time a Republican puts a map on the thing and goes like, look at all that red. And you're talking about empty states. You right. know what I mean? And like, like, nobody oh, yeah. has the thought that, like, oh, everybody lives in cities. And, like, right. uh, <laughs> it's just, uh, anyways, yeah. I don't even know where we got <laughs> I don't either. Here, but, well, it was, the, you know, like, so yeah. Lars. Um, but, like, this is and, also a very politically positive record where they are yes. working with all these different artists and they're really bringing in black culture. And I think most of the time they bring in black culture to the music on this record, they are... You know, bringing in somebody. I mean, unfortunately, Buju ended up regressing quite a bit. But well, like Doctor Israel. So Doctor Israel is a great example of, um, yeah, like they brought, like, and and it's great. It, like Lars is amazing on the song, but it's like Doctor Israel makes this song. Yeah. Um, and and he is a really interesting like this you know i was the more i was reading about him this week reading that how this work he'd done with like bill laswell kind of blew my mind like it may like I, it makes sense but it's also you know bill laswell is very adjacent to the scene that we are part of i mean obviously he's older and of a yeah yeah but like and it's um it's like man i like that's really freaking cool like in in this um method of defiance group that dr israel is part of sometimes with bill laswell and Mm -hmm. other people like uh the last album like henry kaiser adam rudolph like i say on on these notes here are people who've appeared in foxy digitalis in other like their experimental form like Mm-hmm. records and stuff it's like wow that's wild that like this guy and you and i've you know i was listening to some of those method of defiance albums on Bandcamp. it's like this shit's really good <laughs> yeah like, um and it's i remember re- i bought his kind of big one around this time that has the rancid remix or the, yeah, yeah. Version of the brooklyn track. version is I yeah, think yeah. It's, yeah which is also really good i think yeah it, it actually is it's like <laughs> It's very, uh, I mean, it's very much like running it off a sampler, you know, like a NPC or something. It feels like, you know, like where he's kind of playing the parts right. in, in chunks, but it's got this dryness to it that yeah. like, the other one doesn't. You know, the other one's all this resonance and echo and all this stuff. And then he's really chopping it up a lot more. And um, it's a lot sharper, of course, because of that. But fits in with the album really well. Like, I, I was always like, kind of like, well, this is pretty rad because there's like all these like funny you know, getting the anti-record from Buju Bant and getting this record. Like, I did go out and, like, go find Mad Lion stuff because of that Nocturnal project that they had. And, like, um, you know, like, these these people they worked with, I did go look for them because I was like, you know, of course there's a little bit of a rancid like some so all like, you know. But um, I think it's a really interesting, it kind of, it's a, it's a conversation that's very, uh, like, needs to be, be speaking of things that need to be constantly talked about or not just go is like the difference between um like co-opting something or like elevating those who are actually doing it yeah and i feel like rancid's pretty good at the latter like i you know i think i think of again i i go back to and we talked about this like how many people got into desmond decker because tim mentions him in roots radical like i did Right. Yep. Um, and then, I mean, and then, you know, like Tim producing a Jimmy Cliff record that goes on to win a grant, like, you know, I mean, those are, it's, um, you know, anyway, and, but like this, yeah. Like bringing in Dr. Israel and, and not only, you know, this, I think about this when we, 
uh, we talked about the interrupter song and how they had like these the guest spots from Tim and Rhoda D- Dakar on the song, and they felt a little inconsequential and like kind of like it was cool, but it could have been so much cooler, right? Mm-hmm. Like this to me is you bring someone in for a guest spot and you say do your thing and you give them the you know spotlight. Like this is like that's awesome to me that they. Um, it's not just like, oh, we're going to put him here for like 30 seconds in the... No, they they, they do seem to like co-write the songs, you know, and really... Yeah, like Boozhoo's another example, you know, again, yeah, exactly. for, you know, there's whatever, but um, yeah, anyway. Yeah, exactly. And like, then they do a lot of these like trading songs thing, like, like, mm-hmm. granted, we're on Misty Days, which is one, if you want to talk about staring at the sun, arms extended, <laughs> like the Misty Days song is so... And oh, you want to talk about Lars pushing himself vocally? Go listen to Misty Days uh, on the off of Boudreaux Vance's album, and it's on the second give of the boot, which I forget about. But um, yeah, that's like. But that is another great example. Is they is they yeah? Then they turn up on their yeah. There's like like a good like cultural exchange, and the absolute truth is the way the '90s worked, that would push me over the edge to go buy that record. Yes, you know what I mean. Like because I'm risking twenty bucks. Twenty bucks is a lot Mm -hmm. different in 1990s eight or whatever mm-hmm. 99 and so knowing i'm getting a rancid song on top of this thing that i'll probably like you know you'll go out and so that that exchange you know guest spots really meant something in the yeah. cd era you know it would make me pick up a record guest spots now are always like it's cool when i see people featuring on each other's records and it's a selling point right but it's not the same as it was when it was so expensive and for so, sure like and again i mean you could tell me you could absolutely take the perspective like that this is you know, all 90% of right, white reggae is co-opting yep. and like, right. sure. this is using these folks. And like, I don't even think that that's wrong. You know, there is some, <laughs> yeah. Like, is that that wrong? It's like, yeah, for sure. But the, I feel like given, and this feels like I'm giving like a white, white man pass to everything, but you know, it's just like, <laughs> there's some truth to like, for doing this, I think they kind of knew from the Joe Strummer, you know, era mm-hmm. that like, the right way to do this is the way the clash does it, you know, the mm. way talking heads do it. It's like fully bring these people on board, either add them to the the band even, or really feature them and try not to, you know, like when you're trying out things that are different, you, you'd be very clear that like other people should go try that music, not just our version. It's like the talking heads were like, go listen to Fela and all these like African music, yeah. you know, don't just listen to us. Like, there's this whole world that we're being inspired by and we want to play like, but, like, we're not the only ones doing this, right. you know what I mean? And the, I think The Clash did that, and, you know, I think, um, you know, there's... I, I mean, I think that's the big one. Like, The Clash did that, and Joe Strummer is Tim's idol. Like, so. idol, so, yeah. <laughs> but Exactly. There's and, worse people to idolize, I think, probably. Oh, absolutely. I love Joe Strummer so much. I'm such a sucker for Joe Strummer. Same. And uh, I think, I, I was thinking, I still think he's my number one like celebrity death that made me cry. I don't know if many, any celebrity deaths have made me cry, but I like that December, I, my mom was like, your guy. And I was like, what are you talking about? And yeah, um, I was at their house because it was Christmas and she's like, your guy. And, and it blew my mind. He was 50. Oh no. He was yeah. 50. Joe Strummer was only 50 and Tim's 56 now. Right. I mean, it's a really weird conversation. I just realized no, now we're talking about Joe Strummer and how old he was, but that was, Anyways, God. Joe Strummer is like that embodied. Like he liked bringing people on. He liked all the diversity of voices. He liked, you know, making different ensembles and all these things. And I think, yes, this is the thing of I think, Rancid, were born in the right moment. You know what I mean? Like there's a little right. bit of like, what if they were in a slightly different scene or slightly different world? Like right. would these kids have turned out as well as they did? And luckily, they kept having these people around them, that. Um, for all their bad tendencies of these, like, I don't know why you got to hang out with all these skinhead thugs yeah. all the time. I don't know why you got to go to the 16 year old. Like, and why, oh my God. <laughs> why you, all the things that he does wrong. Yeah. It's like, there's some baseline stuff of like, I think at their core, they're trying to be good folk. You know what I mean? No, I think that, I mean, that was, I was about to say that. I think, and, and, to, and I should also say, like, when I think of, I feel like when I'm talking, like having these conversations about Rancid and about, I'm mostly talking about Tim and Lars. I feel like, mm-hmm. like Brett is 
an amazing drummer, but I don't know anything about Brett. Um, yeah, he, and, he, that was seemed to be a very specific choice. Yeah. Um, and then Brand, I don't know anything really about Brandon. And Matt is a lot more of a. I know I don't know a lot about you know I mean Matt is, I think he, you know he, I mean he's been around I think you could probably group him in there somewhere because he was in Op Ivy and he's been around doing all this stuff too but like Tim and Lars are the ones that you you know I mean they write the lyrics they most of them they're the ones who do the interviews um, mm-hmm. but I, anyway I, I like I think that there's a like when I think of I think that they 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 want to be like good people and they like that's important to them to like do the right thing and i think they've messed it up a lot and in really really problematic ways sometimes problematic ways um but i think that you know so like you know i we've talked about the the lars story of the screwdriver records and taking him so some other kid like and it is like on the surface it's like yes i think but it's like just fucking burn them you know, like, yeah. what, but I think that it's, there's this, and so I, you know, I, when it comes to the song like this, I think they think like, okay, it seems like, you know, we wanted, we have this idea for this song that's kind of in this space. We really need to find, like, work with somebody who's like actually doing this and bring that, like, have them help us write the song, put them out front and, you know all that rather than just you know ape this idea right yeah um i think so and and i think that's you know it's i I don't know that there's like any perfect way to do any of this but that's like better than what a lot of people would do absolutely and and i mean we this was obviously we were kind of all over the place with this (laughs) one but like uh it's kind of that thing that happens where it's just like a nice good song yeah where we go a little more more, because the truth is go listen to the song fucking get rid of your bullshit oh this is too cheesy and just be like this is a great end of a song album song it's it it's it kind of helps make the feeling of life on weight like if this didn't wasn't on life on weight life on weight wouldn't feel like such a journey and all these things and like yeah it's right up against like something you might not like but like this is it's a good song go go enjoy the hell out of it go on a sunny day you know it's a man you were saying you had a real moment with it like with your daughter right like yeah right so yeah i i was i think the first time it was it was actually when we were in seattle over the summer and we were in the car driving somewhere and i think i had i had control of the stereo (laughs) for that trip um and the and i i think i just i had like a rancid like the whole discography playlist or something on shuffle. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Which is a risk because you get a lot of really the seven and eight albums. But anyway, um, and this came on and she was just like, what is this? I was like, this is rancid. She's like, this is rancid. This is really good. And like, and now, and again, so I mean, this happens all the time where we're, if we're having dinner and it's, I'm like, I'll ask like, Hey, can I play some music? Cause half the time we're got her, shit you know whatever the fuck she wants to listen to on which uh anyway and every time i do every time they're like yeah but but don't play rancid i'm like <laughs> but if i put this song on and there's other been other songs too like especially like a lot of the like a lot of life won't wait songs if i'll put even her and my wife will be like this is rancid but if i put this <laughs> song on she just gets a smile on her face it's like oh i like this song and nice. it's um and it is it's just i don't know and it it's yeah, nice. it's kind of the song it's one of the songs too that made me realize kind of you know as as we've we, we went into doing this podcast i had very little feeling about life won't wait um it wasn't in outcome the wolves basically was <laughs> um and, but it, it like it really kind of cemented how like special this album is and how um I mean, again, like we've we've talked about all the time. There's the big three, and it's Outcome of the Wolves, Life Won't Wait, and 2000 are the big, like, yep. every, everything else is debatable to me. And you can put those three in any order, and, uh, you know. I, yeah, you it's like, be, what day is it? You know exactly, I mean? like, exactly. Yeah. Um, but this, like, there's so much to this song that, like, it, it captures, like, the spirit of the whole album to me in a way of 
we're just going for it. We're we're gonna like yeah, like this is that like this is the DGAF sort of like stop getting in your own way yep. stuff I like about, and I think a lot yep. of life went ways is like like just go do the thing you want to do. Like you guys both have a tendency towards these like big theatrical yeah you know kiss and you know musical theater and all this stuff. Like it's okay to bring some of that out, you know, and like being cheesy and you like this is what we like about reggae and like this is what we right. like about all of our friends and we want to have this unity positive message you know we've had that since off ivy it's like yeah great keep doing it right like like like, this this is is what you love clearly like more of this less of self-editing you know less and less self-editing and more of this i would be pretty happy which is why like there's sort of a unrolled rolled (laughs) dice Uh, no. uh, I, now I can't remember I almost called, right. I almost, call, almost called it Outcome the Dominoes. <laughs> outcome the Dominoes. And Outcome the Dominoes. Uh, we, you know, we've we've gone over this a few times, but like, I, I hate that record less and less be, just because I'm like, right. okay, they were trying some stuff. They were doing it in a very lazy sort of like, I guess we yeah. need to make a record way, but like they were trying some stuff and it's like, um, yeah, just... I, mean, I would say there's going to be some people who listen to this and don't really listen to Rancid and listen to this track and they're like, what are you guys talking about? And I, the truth is, okay, here's my last thing. Yeah. Can you accurately listen to this song without listening to the whole album? Free, free rolling this song, does that have even close to the same impact as no. ending this album? No. Like, I can listen to the song just on its own. And but it, you've and, already like done that a few times. Like right, you're probably like but no, having it that, it's in context for you, right? You know what I mean? Sure, but no. But that said, like in and and it's why it's part. I mean, Life Won't Wait is brilliantly sequenced. Like the way yes. that, and, it's like little chunks, little little sweets of songs, and the know? and it and it all leads you to this like moment. And, yep. and so even if it's like, it's a great song on its own and you can just listen to it and be like, yeah, it's a cool song. But like in the context of everything that comes before it on that record, when it hits and like you hear Dr. Israel start kind of like doing and this that background. like awesome guitar, like yeah. happy guitar line. Pop and then like in the, in the steel drum, steel like all of it. Come in. Like it should it's be, just, it's all yeah. that cheese falls away and it becomes like really meaningful. And it's, yeah, and it has, and it's, and again, like we talk, it's, it's, if this was the end of Rancid's story, this is like riding off into the fucking sunset. Oh yeah, that's absolutely what it is. Um, And, you know, I love that then they come back and the next thing that they do is the most, like, (laughs) is a 45 second screamer, but, um, but yeah, no. In context of the record, it's, it's like a 10 out of 10. Like, otherwise it's like an eight or something, but like, it's, uh you know yeah absolutely so, so yeah that was a that was all over the place that's good <laughs> which is exactly you know yeah anyway. hey, it's life won't wait we're allowed to do it on this one. <laughs> yeah right um okay so that means we're we're to your pick for next week okay let's hope it's not mine for the week after and if it is i'm gonna fucking quit yeah there's no way <laughs> okay sure. uh I went all over the place searching for it. And then I literally was like, okay, I'm going to put Rancid on shuffle and I'm going to listen to, I'm going to see what the first three songs are. And I'm going to pick one of those. Cause I'm like, you know, basically any song is fine. So you put but the whole like discography on the whole discography, including honor. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Oh, on okay. shuffle. And I said, okay. I'll listen to the first three songs and pick one of them. Okay. Actually, it was a pretty good pick because of like where I wanted to go back to. Are you going to tell me is, what three songs it was, or are you just going to? I tell can't me? even remember. Oh, okay. okay, that's well, fair. one of them was one we did, and you know, uh, like yeah. it's stuff like that. Yeah. Right? Okay. Um, I'm building the suspense here. Anyway, uh, <laughs> you better deliver. It's not anything. I think we've recently kind of been on a vendetta of like trying to knock. Let's go down a peg. Okay. But the truth is, Let's Go is full of little delightful songs. You know what I mean? It's it's great. Rancid records are great, usually. Uh, it's just, it shouldn't be held up as the other great, perfect album, you know? Yeah. But, man, we're going to have a good time talking about Jimmy and Johnny. Are you fucking kidding me? Did you? No. Dead fucking serious. No, you're lying. I'm not lying. You're lying. So, I've been thinking for weeks that I need to... Do a let's go pick. 
And <laughs> fucking Christ. Really? Dead fucking serious. Like I was listening to it. I was listening to Let's Go this morning uh, before anybody got up. And that song came on. And I was like, God, this is like a really this because it's, it's such a good little track yeah well and it's because and it's yeah there's i'm not going to talk about it but it's, it's very of them yeah, yeah. it's got Anyways. a lot of it's got a lot of like yeah like little things oh that, thematic things to talk about yes I agree. and just i and it's i've always i've, I've always liked like just the intro of it of just like it's like it's so t- it's like t- the just like very tim tim it's moment. tim to the max yeah yep fuck yeah i can't believe that's right yeah i cannot believe as soon what as you were like, you, you started corner. talking about let's go. I was like, oh shit. Okay, well now we're to one in eighteen one in, chance or yeah, something. Exactly. We, fuck. Cool. <laughs> well, back to the drawing board. Well, I mean, I mean at least you I got a week. Know we, yeah, you got a week, and you know, at least we know you have stuff. To do, so. <laughs> that's wild. I like can't process that. That's true. I can't either. Fuck. Okay. Well, weird. That's really weird. <laughs> I know. I'm. I. My brain has just turned itself off now, and it's like, <laughs> I can't anymore. Uh, okay, how do we end this? Right. <laughs> <laughs> you can find us on Twitter and on Instagram at RancidPod. And thank you to everybody who's like, people who've like sent us messages and stuff. It's really awesome. Yeah, it's been really nice. Um, it often feels like, you know, we're doing this thing and having a good time, but kind of sending it out into the void. So, um it's really exciting to, yeah. So keep it yeah, coming. All the little messages we really like cherish, you know. Yeah, I mean? so. yeah. So please keep it coming. Um, and so yeah, Twitter, Instagram, Ransompod. Um, yeah, we'll see you next week to have a week to get over this, um, and then we'll uh, see you in the pit. bananas dude that the probability of that is wild i was thinking of a a couple let's go songs like before i did my little thing so then when it was like the less so song that popped up i was like oh that's a great one you know i love the tone of that one yeah oh Uh, it's yeah god i love that song that is like 